All right, it's up for y'all. Let's read it together. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Do not misuse what your freedom. It says, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Amen. Let's read another text. I think it's appropriate. Let's, let's go to the Matthew text, verse 20, 25 through 28. That's the last text on your out, well, next to the last text on your outlines. Amen. Let's read it together. But Jesus called, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's give God some praise for his word. His word is a light unto our pathway. Amen. Uh, good to see everybody. Thanks for being here. We're thankful for any first time guests that's in the house. We ask you to make sure you fill out the connect card that you were given. Turn it in. We'd like very much to reach out to you, invite you back, say thank you for being here. Do that for us. We'd like to communicate with you. Just not going to bombard you, but every now and then I'd like to share with you and invite you back. And I'm just praying that if there's anybody in the house today seeking a church home, that God will move on you today to make a commitment, to make a connection to the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. All right. Um, before I get started with the message, I want to just reiterate that we need volunteers. We need volunteers for uh, July the 27th. And we like to know we have enough volunteers well before that date. So we don't want you to wait to the last minute to sign up for our prayer walk. It takes about an hour. 15 minutes, hour and a half of your time on a Saturday morning starting at 9 a.m. You'll be finished by 10.30. Amen. And uh, so we're visiting South Apopka, and we're going to make them aware of our book giveaway, need-to-read book giveaway. Amen. So we need your help. We need your assistance in doing that. Uh, leaders, did y'all get a text from me about volunteering? Huh? Got a text from the church about volunteering, and you're supposed to email back and let me know, yes. I got two emails back, but I was expecting 50. Amen, somebody. Y'all going to make me fit send another text? You know, I'm going to keep texting you until you sign up, and you're supposed to be enlisting others within your sphere of influence to be a part of this. We need at least... 100 or more people uh, to do this. Amen? And I'd like to stop taking time away from the message announcing this. Amen, somebody. We want to get into the Word, but you got me making announcements. Amen, somebody. We're supposed to be making these announcements through emails and texts. But you got me making announcements. 
I want to get out of the announcement business, but you got me making announcements. That's the reason we have electronic communication. <laughs> All right, that's enough with the announcements. All right, I mentioned, a, I still got a couple more things to mention, but we're going to move into this new sermon series called SOS. You know, SOS is a old uh, distress call. Uh, you know, it was introduced in the early part of the last century uh, to indicate hurt, harm, danger, imminent or in progress, people hurt or dying, uh, and uh, to save our souls, or for the maritime people, to save our ship. Amen? So it was a call, uh, immersed with urgency. Amen? SOS. And it's still used. Uh, and uh, in Morse code, uh, SOS. But I want to use that little acrostic to uh, describe a little something a little different, relevant to the faith and, and our emphasis for the next few weeks. Uh, SOS standing for service over self. Amen. Service over self. Amen. And, uh, and I want to, you know, just spend a little time talking about the value of service and the importance of service and the freedom experience as a result of involving and investing in service and how it is a source of healing, health, spiritual vitality. Amen, somebody. You know, you talk about, I want to be filled with the Spirit. Everybody wants to access the power of God, but one of the places that we access the power of God is through service, through doing what he's called us to do, by being responsive to his word, his will, and his ways, by uh, developing his mindset, his perspective, his worldview. Amen? His values. And uh, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. Amen. I came to serve. Can you imagine the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the mighty counselor, uh, you know, the, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Him coming, God in flesh, God incarnate, God walking among us. And he says, I didn't come to be served. I didn't come to be bowed to like that. I didn't come to, for you to ingratiate yourself to me like that. I came to do a work. I came to show you the way. I came to epitomize service. I came to be a slave to all. I came to bleed out for you, sacrifice for you, to cover you by my willingness to sacrifice. And then he's called us to do likewise. Amen, somebody. But uh, as Brother Cecil was mentioned, we live living in such convenient and comfortable environments until we think that the pursuit of happiness is our primary responsibility. The pursuit of more comforts, more conveniences, more opportunities, more pleasures, more, you know, uh, excursions or vacations or, you know, uh, or, or possessions. Amen? That, that's the end-all, be-all. In, in essence, it, it is not. It is not. If, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it was, it would have, it would have eternal value. Amen? It would last. 
It would not have an expiration date. Amen. It would last. Amen. So what is built to last? What is built to last? Well, when we serve Christ, when we become like him, and to be like him, we got to be selfless. Amen. In other words, think of selfless. That's what selfless means, to think of selfless. Too often we're thinking about ourselves too much, too often. Amen, somebody. And as a result, our sinful natures kick in, and they're not being pushed back, pushed down, and dealt with properly. You know, like babies come into the world, what are they? Little selfish beings. They holler, holler, holler because they want their way. Got to have their way. I mean, you know, it's natural. It's intuitive initially. But even as they get a little older, what are they about? Themselves. So why would you be a fully grown person with a baby's mentality? Amen? You know, why, why would you not exercise a different route, a different path, a different mindset, a different perspective that represents growth and maturity. Amen, somebody. So God is calling us to use our freedoms responsibly. He's given us freedoms, and we just celebrated Independence Day and the freedom of a nation and, you know, born out of conflict and revolution, and, you know, now the nation is celebrating its freedoms and its, uh, its holidays and its access and its it's prosperity, it's affluence, it's, you know, it's military, even it's military might to basically enforce its independence. And uh, <laughs> here we are, you know, caught up in the lights of the city, caught up in the fireworks of the world, amen, caught up in what the world wants and what the world desires and what the world admires and what the world pedestalizes, what the world you know, says it's good and great, and we pursue this stuff diligently. Have mercy, Lord. If not pursuing it diligently, often we're dreaming about it yeah. or envisioning it through our voyeurism kind of culture. Amen, somebody. You say, somebody right now on their phone trying to peek into another portal, a different life, different access, let me look at this video, that video. Let me look at this picture or that pose. Let, let me look at that. So we're veer, peering into, you know, and, and this voyeurism lifestyle that we're experiencing, will, it's like a sedative. It dulls your senses. Amen? You know, even babies, they say, you know, some research has been done that uh, the, and, and to, and looking at how the, your synapses fire in your brain. And that when a child, a, a small baby is looking at an iPad or an iPhone or, uh, or looking at some virtual reality, their synapses in their brains is firing less than when they interact with people. Amen? Their brain is less alive when they're in this thing. That's why you need to be careful about giving it to them too early. Amen, somebody? Because it dulls their minds. Engagement with people, even touching and textile feelings, even a book, a book, a real book, 
is more important than a virtual book. Amen, somebody. The interaction in the brain is, is, is totally different. The stimulus that it provides is, 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 is totally different, you know. And so here we are caught in the virtual world, you know, looking at these idiot boxes, these boxes that don't allow us to think and create on our own, that, don't, that take us out of the real world where we interact with people, love on folk like we should, and we look to serve, yet no, we're looking to be served. Amen? And so the conveniences are becoming more and more prominent. You ain't got to go to the grocery store no more. Don't pick out your own fruit. Don't check the expiration date on your milk. Amen, somebody. You're trusting somebody to bring your stuff. Amen, somebody. So it drives at the door, no-brainer. Conveniences are fine, but, but what about experiences? What about people? Amen. If we lose touch with people, we lose touch of our mission. We lose touch with our responsibility to engage and, 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 to, and to bless people. He's called us to be a blessing. Amen. He's called us to engage. He's called us to love. He hadn't called us simply to compete. Competition is fun, but that's not our exclusive responsibility is to facilitate com competition. Amen. Ambition is fine if it's spiritualized. Amen, somebody. If not, ambition and competition is survival. You know, just trying to survive. And then, you know, unfortunately, the world keeps upping the ante on what it means and looks like, looks like to survive. You know, keep moving the goalposts. You know, you reach that, you reach that milestone. No, you got to have more. Amen, somebody. Used to be that food, clothing, shelter, you know, a reasonable portion of health and strength. You know, those are the things that people prayed for. <laughs> Amen. They didn't pray for big screen TVs and the latest technology and, you know, the, the, the latest stuff and things. Amen. They weren't invested and involved in just accumulating more and more. They weren't praying to live in a gated community. Amen. To have more, more things than money and more debt than you could possibly handle. Amen, somebody. They weren't mortgaging their future to pay for what they want now. Amen. No delayed gratification. No, 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 no. Just, just so we're moving the goalposts. Amen. We're moving what it takes to be satisfied. And the, and the issue is we'll never be satisfied with stuff, things, possessions, amen, with the acquisition of, of just more and more. We got to get a governor on this. We got to get a limiter on this. We have to decide enough is enough. Amen. We got to learn to say no. We got to realize every sale don't mean I'm supposed to spend my money and go in my pocketbook or, or leverage my credit card to, for these acquisitions. Amen. Every decision needs to be made carefully, cautiously, prayerfully. Amen, somebody. Does this glorify God? Is it necessary? Amen, somebody. You know, so, so we have this survival mindset that keeps us focused on us rather than others. So we serve ourselves as opposed to serving others. God has called us to come out of being self-serving. Amen. And... He's called us to stop thinking we're already there. You know, too often, too many people think they're spiritual. Amen? Because you know a little bit about the Word of God. Amen? You, you come to church every now and then. Amen? And then, 
You know, black folks, African Americans, we're real good at thinking we spiritual don't matter what. <laughs> Gangster rappers, you show up on, this, on the scene, I want to thank God for this award. <laughs> what the Spirit of God had to do with any of that music? You cussing and dropping B-bombs and F-bombs and, you know, so, so, you know, yeah, 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 let's thank God for that. Amen. You dropping it like you're hot. Let's drink. Thank God for that too. <laughs> Let's thank God for, you know. <laughs> you know, we just, and, and part of it is, is that the history of hardship, the history of hardship thinks we get an automatic spiritual entryway. Amen. Slavery, oppression, segregation, tough times at the bottom rung of the societal economic stratification. Amen. I'm, at the, I'm low, so because I'm low, God got to love me. First shall be last, last first. God got to love me. Amen, somebody. Yeah, he loves you. You know, and so we got anger and this righteous indignation that we automatically get a spiritual bypass. We get a spiritual entry, entry into this special spa space before God because we had some difficult days and some dark nights. Right. Amen. And so we can sit back because we ain't doing well as everybody else, but you're doing well, better than most people on the planet. Right. Amen, somebody. We still living in low, moderate places, amen, medium places, and, and we are frustrated because we want to be at the higher place. The highest place is not the respected place by Jesus Christ. Amen. Believe me, positions and prominence, he, put, he didn't want any of that. When he was tempted by Satan to take a high place and a high profile, he said, no, I don't want none of that. I'm not succumbing to that. I don't have to rule the world. I don't have to have all the riches in the world. Man does not live by bread alone. Man doesn't live by just stuff. Amen. But every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that's what matters. Jesus put it all to the side and said, I ain't got to have none of that. Amen. What's important is my God, what he wants, and what it is my responsibility before him. I got to be about my father's business. Amen, somebody. And so we can get caught up in the things and, and, equip, and, and trying to make that equivalent to spirituality. The Word of God actually says that it is difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen. I sure hope we ain't rich as what the, what the uh, equation says. Amen, somebody. Based on the equation worldwide, if, they, if they're grading on a curve, amen, somebody, we all in here rich. That means it says all of us, it's going to be difficult for all of us, all of us in America, in the United States of America, to get into the kingdom of God because we can be so easily distracted. We can be so preoccupied with ourselves and we can make up our own God. Amen. One of the things that millennials are known for is that uh, they're known for, uh, for having access to information. Amen. And because they have so much access to information, amen, they kind of downplay expertise and authority. Amen. Because when I was coming up, you had to go get a book to get some information. You couldn't just ask the Google God. Google. 
you know, I looked up SOS. Here come Wikipedia. It gave me a full layout of, you know, what SOS means. And now you think you know it all because Google said it. Amen? And Google might be totally contrary to what God is saying. Amen? But now you think you got a big head. Yeah, you got a big head, all right. It's big, full of nothing. Amen? It's fed from the world as opposed to the will of God and the wisdom of God. God has a different economy, a different approach, a different perspective, a different mindset, a different way of doing business, a different methodology. He has a different way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Not the world's suggestions, not the world's definitions, not the world's, you know, way of doing business. So you learn a couple of scriptures, and then you create your own God. Amen, somebody. You need to get to know the real God, not the one that you've created in your mind. Well, you know, God know me. Amen, somebody. Yeah, he sure does. The word says he know every hair on your head. <laughs> Amen. But the intimacy don't mean uh, approval. <laughs> he, he knows you. Well, he knows how I am. Yeah, and he wants you to come out of being how you are. Be something different. He wants to change your DNA. He wants to change your mind. He wants to give you a brand new purpose. He wants to change your aspirations and ambitions and make them in line with his word, will, and way. He wants you to get off your high horse and stop being so arrogant and conceited and defensive and, you know, and think you know it all. Amen. He wants to downplay your profile, not up your profile. Amen, somebody. You know, James and John, in this text that we read, the second text that we read when I started, this is the text about... Uh, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and uh, their mom coming to Jesus and asking Jesus, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, can my two sons, one of them sit at your right hand and one of them sit at your left hand? Amen. They've been serving you. Amen. They've been following you. They've been your right and left hand. Amen. They've been right there by your side making this thing happen, this movement, this kingdom movement that's taking place. They've invested their lives, they're involved in it, they're sacrificed. They are entitled to status in the kingdom. Amen, somebody. And some of us think because we go to church, we're entitled status in the kingdom. Amen, somebody. You know, and, and you need to understand that the faith is not simply about requirements. Yes, there are some responsibilities that we are given, but if you think that the faith is simply about meeting certain requirements, you got a legalistic mindset about the faith. Amen, somebody. I would love to tell you that, that you could, you're going to miss heaven if you don't go to church every Sunday, but that just ain't true. I, w I, could, I wish I could be like the Catholics and tell you that's a sin. Amen, somebody. But when, when the faith requires, a requ it has a requirement, amen, somebody, we're missing the real faith. Amen. If the, if the faith says, well... You know, uh, you, you, you got to be baptized. What about that thief on the cross? They didn't have time to baptize him. And the word said, Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise. What if you live in a desert area? I mean, you got to be, no, you don't have to be baptized. It's a nice thing to be baptized, but it ain't a requirement. Amen, somebody. You got to speak in tongues. What if I don't speak in tongues? 
Amen. What if I still know Jesus? I love Jesus. He's in my heart. He's, he's all over me. I got another gift, but that may, may not be the gift that I have. Well, what you making these things, make these things a requirement. If, if that's not of the faith, it's more cultic, if you will. You know, you, you got you to gotta worship God on this day. If you don't work at worshiping on this day, you don't know God. Well, what about the rest of us? We still worshiping God. And you're supposed to worship God every day in your life, not just on Sunday. So if I, if I happen to have the wrong day, <laughs> you're going to put me in hell. Amen. I think my God is bigger than that. He's more flexible than that. Amen, somebody. You know, well, if you don't stop that drinking and drugging, that smoking, well, you know, well... <laughs> That don't mean I can't go to heaven because I got something going on that I need to get out of and into something, something that's better and more gratifying and better for my health and better for my wealth, better for my spirituality. What the Word of God says, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of Almighty, Almighty God. Why are you looking down your self-righteous nose on somebody else that's got a fault or a failing? Amen, somebody. Uh, or has succumbed to some addiction. Amen. Well, we, God calls us to love everybody. He didn't just relegated us to perfection and performance. We are saved by the grace of Almighty God, and our righteousness is through Jesus Christ. And you're not going to get into the kingdom except you escorted him in it, into the kingdom by Jesus. And there's only one way to get better. The only way to get better is to be in sync with the Spirit of God. Amen? If you're in sync with the Spirit of God, you're lining up with the Word of God. You're walking in the Spirit of Christ. That means I've been born again. I've been filled with the Spirit. And then I connect, continue to connect and reconnect with the Spirit of God for daily direction so that I might be saved. Amen? Are you saved? You know? You know, too many people are lost and loving it. You know, I did a series about that. Y'all need to go back and listen to that series, Lost and Loving It. Amen. That's the kind of world we live in. You know, it, it's going to be too late for some because they're going to think about the relevance of God when it's too late. Amen, somebody. They're going to think about the importance of God after they've already sown all their wild seeds. Have mercy, Lord. When God is calling us to realize our placement now, so the question is, are you sinking? Amen. Are you swimming? Are you treading water? Amen. Are you in need of a Savior? Amen. Have you been saved? Amen. Or have you ever been a Savior? Are you involved in pulling somebody else out? There's different levels. You know, we, we gotta, God doesn't just want you to get saved. He wants you to help somebody else get saved. Amen, somebody. Some of us sitting back, well, I'm saved. I'm saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit uh, blood washed, baptized. Amen. We got all the religious jargon. <laughs> Amen. To describe our arrogant spirituality. Amen. That ain't something you ought to be boasting about. That's something you ought to be humble about. Amen. But we put it in folk face like we're better than them. No, no, no. I, I, I am humble before my God. I'm saved by grace. Amen, somebody. And so, so God wants to bless you. And too often as Christians, we think God's supposed to bless us how, how, how we want him to bless us. Exactly how we specify. Exactly how we want it to happen. And we feel like if we can't get our way, God ain't really blessing us. 
and we miss all the blessings that God sends our way. Amen, somebody. You know, that's like the, the guy who was drowning, say, you know, and, the, and a boat came by, you know. He said, he said no, God, God going to save me. God going to save me. He let the boat go by. Then the ship came by. No, no, God going to save me. Helicopter came by. God going to save me. He drowned. <laughs> he did go to heaven. He said, what happened? Well, I sent two boats and a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Amen? So, so God wants us to understand that his reward is his reward. And so we're seeking to define the reward. But in order to even discover what reward is even like, we have to begin the pursuit of service. Amen, somebody? Where am I placed? You know, it's like I'm casting myself in a movie. Rather than putting, God, putting myself in the role that God wants me to be in, I place myself in the leading role. Amen? I'm not the antagonist. I'm the pro protagonist. I'm, I'm, I'm the hero in the story. Amen? Well, God might have another role for you to play, but he's got, always got a role for you to play, and you shouldn't project on him the role you want to play. He has a role for you to play. These James and John, they wanted the notoriety. They wanted prominence. They wanted to be out front. They want to be at the left and right hand of Jesus, and they use their mom even to advocate on their behalf to see if Jesus would be sensitive to their request by sending, you know, uh, you know I, I, they think that, that their mom was Jesus' aunt. So, you know, auntie, go, auntie, go, go, auntie, you know, go ahead, go ask, go ask your nephew, <laughs> can we sit at the left and right hand sides of Jesus? Amen. But, in significance in God's sight is different from significance in the world. Amen, somebody. Significance is birthed by service. Amen. The word says the first shall be last and last first. Amen. That if you want to be great, you need to be a servant of all. Amen. So our attitude has to change. So we, so we think, do you think you're above or do you think you're beneath? Too often when we have the opportunity to serve, you know, we think that's beneath us. You know, it causes some, us some ants to invest and involve ourselves in something like, but that's not what I do. Amen, somebody. Well, you need to change your job description and get invested and involved in what God wants you to do. Amen. That means my hands are willing to get dirty. I remember one time I elevated this guy. Uh, to be a, a trustee, which was an officer in my former denomination in the church. And, uh, you know, if anybody knows me, you know, I'm not one of these guys that you got to carry my briefcase. You know, I don't have no driver. Amen. I don't have no bodyguards. Amen. No, uh, no, no bodyguard armor bearers. Amen, somebody. You know, I don't have none of that. Nobody, nobody. <laughs> Listen, and, and listen, I understand the need for that in some instances. Amen, somebody. I understand all that, but if you know me, you know I'll pick up that table, I'll clean the bathroom, I'll mop the floors. People have seen me mop floors and stuff like that. So anyhow, I asked the guy, I said, look, I got something in the trunk of the car. Would you please go out to the trunk of the car and get that for me? He said, I didn't sign up for that. 
He looked at me like I was crazy. I said, oh, Lord have mercy. I made a mistake. <laughs> God said, I'm going to learn you today. You better pray more. You better pray more. Don't put no your hands on folk before you start praying. And, you know, <laughs> make sure, make certain, amen. And now this guy's an office in the life of church without a mindset at all of service. Amen. No service. I'm, I'm not here to serve. I'm here to occupy this position. I'm here to lord over you, dude. <laughs> Amen, somebody. And, and so, so, so in the mindset is important that we have a mindset of service. And you're laughing about it, but let somebody ask you to do something that you feel like is below your pay grade. On your job, in your family. Amen. In the neighborhood, in the community, sometimes in the church. Amen, somebody. You're like, well, I don't do that. That's not what I do. Well, they ask you to do it. The Word of God says you ought to go the extra mile. Amen. What was the extra mile? The extra mile in Scripture was about if, if you were a, a Roman uh, soldier, you know, if you were coming through a community, you had all this heavy armor. It could be 100 pounds that you were carrying. Amen. And anybody who was not in the military at that time, they were required to help you carry your armor for a mile. Amen, somebody, to get, relieve your burden. Now, it was, you know, it was law. <laughs> it was mandatory, but that was the mile. And so what people would do in their communities, they had what they called the milestone. Amen. So that was the marker. Listen, after I get to this stone, I'm dropping your stuff. I'm going back home, okay? I'm done. I did my mile. So the extra mile is going is to go past the milestone, to move past the minimum requirement, to have a mindset of service because this soldier is fatigued and exhausted and he's serving you per se. And, 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 and so why can't we go the extra mile? Amen? Not the minimum standards, but the extra mile. See, when, when, you, when you get into this area, you know, where you can... Well, you can think about more. What, what else can I do? See, God got something then. You know, when we start thinking about, well, what else could I do? Let me think about it. Let me pray about it. You know, not, not the minimum standard, but let me go the extra mile, praise God. That's a service mindset. It's walking in the Spirit. It's, it's, it's awareness of the, and discerning the Spirit of God's presence and watching, moving, working, watching, moving, working, living according to the Spirit of Almighty God. Amen. And without service, we began to lose spiritual strength and vitality. You ever wonder, why am I getting weaker in the Spirit? Well, you know, you ain't doing nothing. Amen. Why, 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 why am I a little, you know, melancholy, a little bluesy? Why? Well, you ain't you're not doing nothing. You, you know, say, well, well I'm, I'm maintaining a household. That's about you and yours. Amen? That ain't, that's, you, that's self. That's me, myself, and I as I go for myself. Amen, somebody. Maybe I just coincidentally and incidentally help somebody along the way. Whenever we got to process the ask based on what we're doing for ourselves. Amen, somebody. Well, my mindset still needs to be transformed. This needs to be a renewal. So that's a spiritual endeavor by being in sync with the Spirit of Almighty God. We're going to continue to lose strength if we don't learn how to give. We're going to continue to lose strength and the inability to recharge if we don't learn how to save others. 
Amen, somebody. Jesus saves. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Praise God for Jesus. And he went through mortal combat. Amen, with the enemy. Enemies in the world, sin, Satan, selfishness. He did battle with it all so that we might have victory, so that we might be triumphant. Praise God. So our mindset cannot be clouded by the world. God wants to give us more. He wants to give us more joy. He wants to give us more love. He wants to give us more peace. But one of the ways in which we engage and experience in that is through more service. Amen? It's not just about your survival, Will. You know, it's about sacrifice. Is your fruit good? We're all producing fruit, but the question is, is it tasty? Is it sweet? Amen, somebody. Or is it just bad, rotten fruit? It's not edible. It's not smellable. It's just, it's just bad. Too often we boast about stuff we produced, and it, it has no value for God. Amen. Your productivity, does it honor God? Your pursuits, does it honor God? Your desires, do they honor God? You know, your aspirations, ambitions, do they honor God? Amen, somebody. Or has there been some kind of substitute for him? Have mercy, Lord. And that's an idol. So we're called first to serve God. We're called to serve one another. We're called to serve the least of these. We're even called to love our enemies. Amen, somebody. The Word of God says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. He requires service. Romans 15, 31, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judah and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So that's serving God, serving others. Amen, somebody. And then Jesus goes on, and we'll talk more about this relegation of us, this, this elevation of servanthood in the sight of Almighty God. So you say, well, what, how do I serve? You say, well, I become a priest. The word says that we are the priesthood of all believers. Priests have functions in the temple. Amen, somebody. What's your function in the temple? Let me ask you, what is your function in the temple? This is a temple. This is the holy place. This place has been consecrated, sanctified for his service. Amen. So, so you can't even start being a priest in the temple if you're just visiting and not belonging. You got to belong to the kingdom. You got to belong to the body of Christ. You got to belong to the family of God. You got to belong to the church of Jesus Christ. Number one, to get into the priesthood. Somebody said, well, I, I ain't signed up to be no priest. Amen. You know, when I first got a call to the ministry, I thought about being a Catholic priest. Amen, somebody. 
I thought about it. Amen, somebody. To be a priest, to sacrifice, to give up a lot of stuff. Amen, somebody. But so what does your priesthood look like? To be a priest, you're not just watching doing worship. You are worshiping. Amen. You facilitate worship. You engage in worship. You're active in worship. You, you're alive in worship. Amen. You're an example of worship. You exude worship. Amen. I'm talking about service to God in the temple. When you're a priest, you're not just seeking, but you're following. You're not just seeking. Some of us are perpetual seekers. Well, I don't have to answer this question yet. I still got issues about this or that. That's continually, perpetually seeking. Well, at some point, you got to get off of that and become a follower. And in following, that's when the healing happens. In following, that's when the miracles happen. You know, Jesus was talking to some lepers sometimes, 10 lepers. He said, go show yourself to the priests. And, you know, and the word of God says, as they went, they were healed. Amen. As they followed his instruction, as they came after him. So I'm, I'm moving from being a seeker to a follower. Amen. How do I become a priest? I move from being a consumer, just getting what I can, canning what I keep and holding on to it. Amen. Hoarding stuff. Yeah, I, I, I move from being a consumer to being a contributor. Amen. There's various ways of contributing. Amen, somebody. So I invest and involve myself in the work. Praise God. I, I let where my treasure is, that's where my heart is in also. My treasure is in the life of the church because my heart wants to be connected to what Jesus is doing through the church. Rather than being just simply being transformed, I become a transformer. I ain't talking about the cartoon. I'm talking about transforming lives. I, I'm not just saved. I become a savior. I, I'm not just one that's been introduced to Christ and know Christ for myself. I'm introducing Christ to others, and I'm invested and involved in making sure that others know him as well. Amen? And guess what happens when you get involved and invested and become this priest that God wants you to become? What happens is, People see Jesus. I saw Jesus this morning. Somebody was teaching little children about the faith. I saw Jesus. Amen, somebody. Somebody lifted a melodious voice up and worshiped God. I saw Jesus in a voice. Amen, somebody. I saw Jesus. Some folk were working back there. They were working to put tables and books and things like that in order to set up this display to get things in place. I saw Jesus in a worker today. Amen, somebody. A worker in the temple. Amen, somebody. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus when somebody greeted me in a, with a friendly face, a smile on their face, a usher, a greeter. I saw Jesus in that. I saw, I saw their hearts, their spirits, their minds. Amen, somebody. I, I saw in them a reflection of what Jesus is all about. They were welcoming and they were engaged. Amen. Mary and Martha, you know, Martha complaining about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus when she, while she's doing all the housework and preparing the meal and preoccupied with hospitality. And Jesus said, no, Mary, she has selected the right thing. Amen, somebody. She, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's partaking of the word. Amen. Jesus, 
Amen. Like Jesus when we're teaching. Like Jesus when we're preaching. Like Jesus, disciples, when we're listening and heeding and adhering to the word, will, and ways of our God. And so God is calling us out of this place of selfishness into this place of service, praise God. And the greatest in the land are not the survivors and, you know, the prominent, the important, amen. The significance in Christ is when one is called to serve and to sacrifice. One gives of their own will for the will of Almighty God. When they yield to the will of God, amen, and become about the Father's business, amen. You know, sometimes we think when we're saved, we just saved, amen. The truth of the matter is, when we were born again, we need to born, be born again and again and again and again. Amen, somebody. We need recharging, refueling, and renewal daily. And what renews us is the Spirit of Christ in sync with the Spirit of God in a life of service to others. Won't you stand all over the house? Doesn't Jesus epitomize it? Wasn't he all about sacrifice? Well, he calls us to be like him. Doesn't Jesus give us a demonstration, an object lesson, an example of what life under God is all about? Hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come. So, so establishing and working in the kingdom is what God wants us to be about. Amen. And to do battle with self. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, because God is accessible and available to us right now. He's here. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. He's here right now, right here, right now. Can't you feel him? He's here. God is here. Jesus is here. The Spirit of Christ is here. Amen. And we can connect and reconnect with the Spirit of Christ daily, moment by moment. That's the reason the Word of God says to pray without ceasing, to seek Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to serve Him and worship Him with everything we have, to spirit, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Somebody say thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to worship and to praise and to magnify you to serve you, oh God. So the question is, what's my temporal service? Amen. And then what is my temporal service? What is my service in time? What is my engagement and my commission? The work that God has called me to, inside and outside the church of Jesus Christ. He's calling us. And we need to sit simply, raise our hands, and say like the prophet Isaiah, here I am, Lord. Send me. I'll go. When he raised his hands, the word of God says like a coal, like tongues of fire came upon his tongue. In other words, a cleansing and a healing took place. A purifying, sanctifying, and perfecting took place as a result of his investment and involvement. I'll go. Send me. Some of us are waiting on that last healing. 
Raise your hand and say, I'll go. I want to invite somebody to make a decision to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to let him have his way in you today, to connect, to reconnect, to affirm or reaffirm your faith in the Christ, in Jesus. We invite you to come now. Every heart praying all over the house. We're about to worship for a few moments, but we invite you to make a decision to step out on faith, to say, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I'll go. Here I am. Use me. I didn't say nothing about qualifications and requirements. I said, raise your hands. I'll go. Use me. I'm yours. I'm your child. I'm influenceable. I'm shapeable. I'm malleable. I am flexible. I am. You can mold and shape me in the name of Jesus Christ. Every heart praying, we invite you to come. Come on, let's worship him. Worship him. Yes, we do. On your love. He is the everlasting God. Yes, you are. magnify your Lord. He is the everlasting God. expecting to see the goodness of the Lord. I 